Hello, I'm John Mercy and you're listening to the Banking Analyst Podcast. Log on to thebankinganalyst.com where I share my latest research on US banking stocks. You can also learn the fundamentals of the banking industry, including valuation, in the basics section of the website. Thanks for tuning in and without further ado, let me welcome you to this episode. In this episode, I'm discussing Wells Fargo's first quarter 2020 results and whether the recent correction is a buying opportunity. Wells Fargo reported its first quarter 2020 results on April 14th and its earnings nose dived, driven by massive provisions related to the expected economic fallout from COVID-19 shutdowns. The bank's credit costs were $4 billion during the first quarter as it built up loan-to-loss reserves. The current events add an extra layer of woes to the bank's troubles as the balance sheet cap of $1.95 trillion implemented in February 2018 stays in place and provisions for past misdoings continue to hit the bottom line. However, I believe that the stock is priced to worst as the bank trades below my estimated 2020 end. Tangible book value per share is a good time to enter the stock. Let's look at how revenues are doing. Revenues for the first quarter fell 18% year-on-year and 11% quarter-on-quarter as top line fell across the board in all segments. Net interest income, the difference between what the bank earns on loans and investments and it pays on deposits and borrowings, fell 8% year-on-year as loan yields fell quicker than savings on funding costs. Given the challenging times, the management withdrew its guidance on net interest income, showing that nobody, including the top bosses at the biggest banks in the country, has any idea of economic impact of COVID-19-driven economic disruption. For sure, net interest incomes are going to be under pressure as the U.S. Fed jumped in and cut interest rates back to zero, pushing us back to the pre-2015 times. Now it's back to square one. We can only hope that GDP jumps back sooner post the pandemic and lets the Fed to raise rates back above zero. I don't think this will happen during 2020-21. Cutting rates is easy, raising is incredibly difficult, as we witnessed after the 2007-8 crisis. It took almost 7-8 years to see one rate hike. Wells Fargo continues to face the asset cap restrictions that the Fed put in place due to the gross misconducts in the past. While the bank exceeded the $1.95 trillion cap towards the end of the first quarter, reporting $1.98 trillion, the Fed cap is computed on a daily average basis over two quarters. The management has pledged to bring down the balance sheet size partly by letting go of some of the deposits from financial institutions and also lowering the securities financing and wholesale funding. The recent stimulus measures, including Paycheck Protection Program or PPP and the Main Street Lending Program, will push the asset size beyond $2 trillion as the Fed offered a temporary relaxation of the asset cap. Lending via these programs will not be counted towards the cap restriction. The partial loosening came in as well as one of the largest small business lenders and has a large capital buffer. 170 bips above regulatory requirements. However, the Fed has required the bank to transfer all the benefits from the additional lending to the U.S. Treasury or approved non-profit organizations. Cost control was quite good during the quarter as adjusted OPEX was largely flat. However, the bank paid higher amounts to employees starting March, which has not meaningfully impacted the first quarter numbers. The management expects these payments to have a greater impact from second quarter and through the rest of 2020. While I see such payment increases as temporary in nature, the bank could save costs somewhere else 
to soften the impact on the bottom line in these troubled times. Litigation-related costs, which came in at $464 million in Q1, could see some respite this year after providing for $4.3 billion in 2019. Asset quality is where all the action is happening now. Revenue and cost worries are now secondary and tertiary. Wells took a $4 billion hit from provisioning in the first quarter, expecting significant economic impacts from pandemic-induced shutdown. I'm not quite sure whether this will be enough, and it's hard to know. Wells Fargo's PS, JP Morgan, and Bank of America with similarly sized loan books of $1 trillion booked provisions of $8.3 billion and $4.8 billion, respectively. Let me quickly point out that these high provisions are not from the actual deterioration in assets, rather banks book losses expecting that some of the assets will go bad due to the probable economic slump. After the new accounting norms known as CECL or current expected credit losses came into effect in 2020, banks should immediately book loss provisions if they expect future losses. Thus, they are not actual losses but are expected losses. The non-performing asset ratio still looks benign, deteriorating just 4 basis points sequentially to 63 basis points by the end of the first quarter, but this ratio will certainly worsen. Now let's think about the regulatory capital levels and return to shareholders. On March 15th, all the banks including Wells Fargo halted share repurchases until the end of second quarter. The bank had already bought back stocks worth $3.4 billion during the quarter till then. Due to the high loan loss provisioning this quarter, Wells CT1 ratio fell 40 basis points quarter-on-quarter quarter to 10.7%. If the provisions are not enough and the bank goes for another quarter of high credit costs, it's highly likely that the CET1 ratio will fall a further 40 to 50 basis points and could end up just above its internal target of 10%. This is quite possible given the unpredictability of the pandemic situation. If such a scenario does realize, I do not expect the bank to restart the share repurchase program in the near term, that's 2020 and 21. Here are my thoughts on valuation. Trading below my estimated 2020 end tangible book value per share, I believe that Wells Fargo is priced to worst. At this price, the market is probably pricing in more than $10 billion of provisions every year over 2020 and 21, which is unlikely though not impossible in an extremely bad economic fallout. I'm also expecting the bank to at least maintain its dividends, though it might be 2022 when the bank earns enough to cover the dividends. Thus, the bank will dip into its excess capital for the next two years, with lack of growth in risk-weighted assets offering a partial offset. That's it about Wells Fargo's first quarter numbers. See you later. Disclaimers This podcast is aimed at informing listeners about my views on the stocks mentioned. Please use this as only one of the many sources you consider while making the investment decision. Kindly consult your financial advisor before taking buy-sell-hold decisions. I will not be liable for the investment actions taken based on this podcast. I own no positions in the stocks mentioned. I created this podcast myself and it expresses my own opinions. I am not receiving compensation for it. I have no business relationship with any company whose stock is mentioned in this podcast.